All right, this is the West Coast Project podcast for Better Call Saul, and we're doing reviews of Breaking Bad. We're up to Season 5, Episode 2. This is 502 Madrigal. My name is Mike, and I'm here with Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Uh, I can never remember if I say that when we do these multiple podcasts. Did I already say it to introduce us, or did, do we have to still do it? Um, but this one starts out with uh, our, our friends in Germany, the Madrigal crew, and we see this guy, Peter Schuler tasting, uh, I guess they look like tater tots, right, Kelly, with, um, with the dressings, the different uh, flavors of dressing. Yes, I have to say, if I was probably the most confused with the beginning of this one, uh, and this is the first time we've seen anybody out of Mexico or out of uh, the States, out of the United States, uh, as we know they're in Germany, but I was super confused in the beginning of this. Yeah, I like scenes like that where you really wonder what's going on. You know, here's Walt, the beginning of the first episode, here's Walt old and bedraggled and unkempt, and here's this crisp, clean uh, view of per- perfection, perfection in production here in Germany. And yeah, you're right, it was kind of a what the hell moment. Yeah, they got a little bit of flack for their German accents, and I think the same with the with the Spanish accents, uh, that, that they're not completely authentic, but... Uh, it's still interesting. So this guy Schuler's tasting these different dressings, uh, flavored sauces or whatever, and he's got the glummest, saddest look on his face. He's just eating this, these tater tots one after another. He eventually eats the tater tots while even putting dressing on them. And his team look, is looking at him. All these white-coated uh, technicians are looking at him like, what the hell? This guy's going insane. Right. But we're going to see why in a minute. His secretary comes in and tells him that the police detectives are back again, and this time there's more of them. And in the hallway, we see different different ownerships within Madrigal's property. They see we see the food companies, and one of those is Pollos Hermanos. Yeah, one of them was Burgermatic, which was in Home Fries that Vince Gilligan wrote. So they're taking down the Pollos sign, so it's all falling apart here for Pollos. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get we walk through his office, or somehow we see in his office a picture of him with Gus golfing. So he's been tied pretty closely to Gus, and of course, this whole Gus being uncovered as this meth king is going to lead right back to this guy Schuler, and that's why he's he's ready to kill himself. Yeah, he looks like he's doing the death march. He just looks like you know he's totally screwed. So he does just that. He kills himself with a defibrillator defibrillator putting one part in his mouth and one part over his heart and uh that was it that was it for Schuler. but we do get to meet somebody else from madrigal pretty soon we'll talk about that mm-hmm. uh, but next we see walt rebuilding the rice and cigarette uh that was interesting i wondered at the time why he didn't just use the real cigarette right he had gotten that back from saul already um well because he had hidden it in the roomba didn't he because Jesse was, as we go forward in the episode, he, Jesse's looking for it. So he had yeah, to that's, that happens later. But as he's yeah. building the fake cigarette, he looks at the real cigarette from Saul. And he, you know, he makes sure that the one he builds is the fake one is exactly like it. Then he takes the rice out of the real one and puts it in the wall socket. But yeah, I wondered, well, you, why, I wondered why he what, didn't just use the real one. But I guess he wanted to keep the rice in just in case for a rainy day. Yeah, probably. I think he's still got a lot of people he's got to take care of. 
So they do search through the house for it. Walt fake searches, Walt and Jesse's really searching for it. And later on, they open up the Roomba. Jesse opens up the Roomba, and there it is. It's the fake cigarette with the rice, and Jesse thinks it's the real cigarette. But it really gets to him because he thinks, wow, I almost shot you because I thought you used this on Brock. Um, that kind of cemented uh, my beliefs in Walt slash Heisenberg's ability to manipulate because, you know, he kills Gus and he's got Jesse feeling all guilty. Yeah. So Walt actually forgives Jesse just like he forgave Skyler. Right. That fatherly benevolence. Uh, like I'm I'm big and powerful and I I convey forgiveness upon you, my servant. Exactly. <laughs> Very hateable. I don't know. I just started to really, my hate for Walt started to build up here. So they meet with Mike, and Mike's still hurting from his Mexican wounds. He still has that patch on his chest. Um, and they're going to cook again. They need, uh, they need Mike and his connections to get this, this uh, supplies and precursor. And this time they're going to be owners, Kelly, not employees. Um, but Mike says no, he's not in yet. Right, yeah, he's just seen the cartel been taken down. Gus has been killed, and he's he's. Is this where he says he's a ticking time bomb, or is that later? It's coming up in this episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, but he's uh, he may even have said it there, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's not ready to jump back in yet. No, um, but we do see what gets him back in pretty soon here because we see Hank and Gomi and Merker talking. They're talking with the magical execs, and down the line at the table, the big conference table of eight or nine of them is Lydia. Uh, Kelly, I always liked Lydia. She was always trouble, but she was pretty and smart and interesting. I always found an attraction to, to Lydia. We're not alone. Uh, a lot of my male followers and readers and some of my personal friends uh, have complained there's not a lot of eye candy, really, uh, maybe except for Jane. And so a lot of guys really like Lydia. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope that doesn't mean there's some Todd in me, but I, I thought she was attractive. Um, so the CEO of Madrigal is part of this crew, too, and he tells the DEA people that Schuler, this guy Schuler that killed himself, was a lone wolf. It, it kind of lived and died with him. There's no, nothing else to worry about. Let me give you anything you need from us. Kind of bails everything, puts everything on the table with them. It made me think that he was on the up and up. The CEO was. Yes. Even though his crew was tainted because Lydia is sitting right next to him. She was in on it. Right. Uh, so then we see Merkert and Hank and Gomi kind of by themselves. And Merkert tells Hank and Gomi that he's out. He's been forced out. All crimes were right under his nose. Um, they talk a little bit about the magnet caper at the police department. And that's where, here's where we, Hank says that the whole thing was encrypted. It wouldn't have done him much good anyway. Um, yeah, actually, I meant to say the, back there when they were doing that caper that those were actual real real Albuquerque police. But it's kind of funny how he's getting forced out because things were right under his nose. And then you look at Gus and everything's essentially right under his nose as well. So. And Gus didn't figure it out either. Right. Or Hank. Oh, right. Hank, for sure. Yeah, that's that's I, was, I had a note here to talk to you about that. They make a close-up of Hank's face, and do you think he's thinking, now, what else could be right under my nose that I'm not realizing? Do you think he had a thought of Walt there? No. I, I really, truly never believe that he figured it was Walt until he was on the toilet. Um, I, I really don't think he put that together until he saw that book. 
They sure make it look that way that he didn't that that book was the first final realization. Mm-hmm. Because even if he had any inkling, I think he would have disregarded it in his brain because you know that's Walt, the meek Walt. I don't think he would have figured that was him. So you never think it touched him? His consideration never entered his mind, even in the the WW Walter White. And Walt says, "Ah, you got me." None of that was ever even a hint of suspicion. I don't think so. No, I, I think the human brain, uh, you know, even if he did, it, it was disregarded because he's you got to think of like Walt, who he was at the time. You know, he's just a meek teacher. He's not thinking anything of Walt in that light. So what's going what's the look on Hank's face in this scene? I, I agree with you. I don't think he thinks it's Walt either. But why the look on his face? Why do they emphasize Hank here? Uh, maybe just because the guilt that this guy's losing his position or it's just the relief that all the time that they've been naysayers that now they, these people actually believe him and it's just kind of a moment for him. Yeah, or maybe just the what could be under my nose that I'm not realizing, like the hmm, I wonder look. Yeah, yeah. It was very interesting, though, having known what, how everything happens at the end to mm-hmm. see that look on Hank's face. Yes, I agree. All right, so we see Lydia meet with Mike next, and her secrecy in this tea shop or coffee shop brings more attention than had she not done any of it and just sat with him in the first place. Um, Yeah, she's ridiculous uh, when she makes a big deal and is all snotty about her teas. We'll see her try to pull this off with some other people, too, but it's funny. The waitress knows Mike, and she's trying to pretend that she's met an old friend of a different name. Not Mike. She calls him a different name. And yeah. she's exposed, like, right off the bat. Uh, but she wants, she pretty much wants Gus's crew wiped out. Uh, but she probably doesn't realize that Gus's crew is Mike's crew, and she's talking to Mike here, and this really doesn't settle very well with Mike. Right, because we know how much Mike goes to protect those people, as we find out later. So not very intelligent on her end. Yeah. Yeah, Mike stands by his crew up all the way to, the, to his very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, back at the at the White House, Skylar's just a zombie. She can't get out of bed. She's all limp and compliant. She does whatever Walt tells her to do. She's nowhere near the strong Skylar that we've seen before, and we'll see we'll see soon after. She's just in a really low space here. Yeah, this is interesting too because this is the only episode where she only has one line in the whole episode. Uh, I didn't even notice that. What was the line? Uh, I don't remember until we, we get near the end, but I know that she doesn't have any dialogue. All right. Well, if it comes to you, point it out. Mm-hmm. So uh, the crew is parading through the DEA offices. Now all these uh, Mike's guys, just two or three or four of them, one after the other. Uh, and we, we get to see Mike's interview. And Mike claims he was head of Poyo's corporate security. Um, they play a pretty interesting game of psychological tennis here back and forth, like with the speaking to the microphone and all that. And Mike, Mike says it back to Hank a little bit later. That was a really cool interview, I thought. It was really interesting to watch. Yeah, because he's a former cop. And it's interesting to see them all uh, go at each other and who can outsmart who. Yep, they, they give us a little history of Mike. And Kelly, how do you think Mike's career ended as a cop? Mike was a cop somewhere in Philadelphia, I think. I, I'm I'm hoping we find out in Better Call Saul, but I'm imagining that maybe um, maybe he shot somebody or I don't know. I, I'd love to know what it was that got him to go corrupt. 
Yeah, or maybe he did a, one of his famous full measures where he, he righted a wrong that the courts would have let somebody off and he didn't let the guy off or something. Right. I don't, I don't yeah. see Mike making a mistake and getting caught. I think it was something he did from being righteous. Right, like he shot somebody out of, uh, right, exactly. Yeah, got a, got a guy that was going to get off, got him settle the score or something. Um, so Hank reveals that they found the bank account at the very end of all this. They, they found the bank account of Gus, but Gus's banking information leads, led them to Kaylee, Mike's granddaughter, and her $2 million bank account. Um, and I think this is the first that Mike hears of this, right, Kelly? He he hadn't known this. Like, he didn't see it in his bank statement or something. He didn't know this until Hank dropped it on him in this meeting. Right, yeah. He has a kind of a disappointed look on his face as he's walking out the door. Yeah, because he goes, he takes all these great lengths to get that money for Kaylee. Uh, that's really all he cares about. So now they're, dip, they're, you know, they're finding a way into this. I'm sure he's not thrilled. This is the reason why Mike is going to have to get back in with Walt and Jesse, though, because this is this lost money is going to compromise his crew, and he's going to need to go back to work with the boys to get money to keep the crew whole, as he says. Yes. Uh, okay, so Saul and his team, I keep calling these people teams, but Saul and Jesse and Walt are talking now. They're talking about setting up a new lab, and the, the one thing they need is methylamine. Um, I guess here it's here where Saul counsels them to get out. Like, if you won the lottery, why do you keep buying lottery tickets? But uh, Walt says, well, what do you mean lottery? I'm broke now, too. I owe, I owe money <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So uh, we go to a scene with uh, one of Mike's guys, Chow, the guy that ran that, that, ran that chemical warehouse. Uh, under a threat of another guy, he's kind of turning on Mike and invites him to come over. Because the DEA is threatened to take his money. And um, Mike comes over. But Mike's suspicious. And he's very good at what he does. So he doesn't just walk into this trap. He, uh, he sneaks around the back. And he catches uh, Chris. Chris Mara has, I guess what, he's been hired by Lydia to take out Mike's crew? Correct. Yes. And the first one out is Chow. And he's already out. He's already shot by the time Mike gets there. But Mike gets the jump on Chris, and Chris tells him the story of, of what Lydia's doing. She's giving him 10000 a man and 30000 for Mike. And then Mike takes care of Chris, takes Chris down. We saw Chris a couple other uh, episodes ago, right? He's been, in the, he's been in the show before this scene. The kid? Yes. Yeah, the, you mean the younger kid? Yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember where, but uh, he definitely was in it at some point. I think he might have been in the t- at the time Gaff was the sniper. He was running around there, and he's been in maybe the chicken ranch or something. But he's been a, he's been there before. Yeah. Um, and next, we're, Mike's going to take care of this problem now with Lydia because he can't have people putting hits out on him. <laughs> he goes down to Houston and goes to Lydia's house. Lydia has a very cool house in Houston. What'd you think of that place, Kelly? I thought it was really nice. It kind of reminded me of an Elliot Gretchen kind of house, you know, like the real architectural um, sharp corners kind of place. Kind of a glass house, yeah, open mm-hmm. to the outside. But he's going to take care of her, too, and she begs him not to be shot in the face. Um, and Mike says, well, you don't have to worry about that. No one's ever going to see you again. And that freaks her out. 
Why do you think, Kelly, she's so freaked about her daughter not being able to see her or find out what happened to her? Well, because she doesn't want her daughter to think that she was abandoned. You know, that's every mother's fears. You know, she doesn't want to think that she left her. So you think maybe Lydia was abandoned? Do you think she was expressing something to protect her daughter from something that had happened to her? Could be. I guess we'll never really know because there's really not much reason to have Lydia in Better Call Saul that I can think of. Um, Because she only had this little window in the Breaking Bad series and it got pretty much opened and shut within the confines of the of the season of the show i don't know any more reason we might see lydia no i don't think so either and really quickly just something about her is um if you've ever seen the man with the iron mask with leonardo dicaprio uh the evil king guy uh has a kind of a horror that comes and that was her just for a quick if you watch that movie and they flew her in and then flew her right back out again. So that's one place you can find her. And then she's in uh, L for Love, which is a lesbian um, miniseries, I think, on Showtime or one of those. So you can see her in any of those places. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah, she's a Scottish actress, right? I don't even, I can't yeah. remember her name, but she's Scottish. Correct, yeah. She's kind of like the girl. Who is the girl in No Country for Old Men? And she's become a pretty big actress now. She's also Scottish. I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> she was uh, she was Nucky's wife in Boardwalk Empire. I don't watch that show either. You know, people are throwing their stuff at their computers now, but Kelly <laughs> McDonald. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's Scottish too, so she kind of reminds me of her. All right, well, this episode's over now. Walt goes home and he gets very rapey with Skylar. Um, this was even worse than the hug in the last episode, Kelly. His creepiness is boundless now. This Heisenberg is just taken over. Yeah, it's it, you can just I love the acting in this because you can just feel that uncomfortable, like ugh, just get away from me kind of thing, uh, coming off from Skyler. Yeah, that uncomfortableness with the powerlessness. Like I'm just a victim here, and I can't. I'm uncomfortable, but I'm not able to even do much about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's petrified of him. I mean, he just took down this great, or not great, but this huge drug dealer, you know. She's petrified. So that's it for Madrigal. Um, If you want to reach us, you can go to West Coast Project and look at the Better Call Saul podcast feed. My Twitter handle is at scathingtweets. Kelly, what's your Twitter? BRBA underscore fun facts. And how do people find your fun facts websites? Uh, Breaking Bad Fun Facts and Better Call Saul Fun Facts are both on Instagram, or you can reach me on Facebook at Breaking Bad Fun Facts. All right, awesome. And our next episode is Hazard Pay, number three in season five. So until then, Kelly, I'll, uh, I'll watch and get ready to talk about Hazard Pay with you. Sounds good. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.